Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Good morning. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for being here. I'm glad you're with us, because there would be no us without you. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward and uh, give an offering together. Uh, this is for those of us who consider this place to be home. Um, you know, Vineyard Westside doesn't have any kind of formal membership or anything. If you say, I'm a member there, we're like, yeah, who's to argue? <laughs> and so it's, it's really more about if, if you consider this place to be your home church, and you want to partner with the work that we're doing and just partner with God on advancing the kingdom, then uh, part of that as believers is being asked to uh, sacrifice time, talent, and treasure. And uh, so we give offerings. Um, if you feel that being called upon your heart, I just say, just, just do it. The Bible says that you can't outgive God to go ahead and try him. And um, if you would, just, just pray with me for that. Lord, thank you for this place. Thank you for a family. Thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ to just walk this road with. We pray that you would receive this offering and you would rescue people from the depths of hell with it that you would go into Cheviot and Westwood and into Price Hill and up into, uh, you know, just <laughs> all over this neighborhood, this town, and even further than that. And yeah, that, that you would just be transforming people's lives, that people would come to know you, people walking down the street that had no intention of ever meeting you would come in contact with you because of this offering. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, all right. How are you guys doing today? I want to talk about canceling cancel culture. If you're not familiar with what cancel culture is, you've probably been busy canceling people. <laughs> A lot of people say that we are right now in the age of perpetual offense. The age of perpetual offense. Just a timeline where more people are more offended by more things than ever before. Where more than ever, right now, today, more than ever, uh, larger groups of people are quicker to judge other people, quicker to criticize, quicker to condemn, and ultimately, uh, more people are out to cancel anyone 
who offends anyone else. My favorite are the people who are not even offended themselves. Um, they're offended for other people on their behalf. And say, so, oh, that, that's offensive to somebody who, like, I don't even. And this has always um, kind of been a thing. Uh, but in the old days, it was more like, you know, politicians and really famous athletes or business leaders, celebrities, uh, certain spiritual leaders, yes, that are held to a higher standard than other, if they're in the public eye in some way, then they are inviting more criticism towards them uh, than regular old people. But now there's a thing happening where it's your kid's school teacher. It's the principals. It's the, um, it's the guy who runs the car dealership. It's the person that you work with or a friend of yours uh, in person or on social media or just, just anyone is kind of under the microscope of someone coming along and picking apart something that they did or said or people that they were around, or um, figuring out what a certain statement means about, you know, if they're wearing a mask or they're not wearing a mask, or did they get vaccinated or did they not get vaccinated? Did they, uh, who did they vote for? Then this kind of thing, well, that means that this happened, and we want to, we want to cancel them from having any kind of success or any kind of um, really just any kind of good thing that could be coming their way, and it doesn't take much uh, right now. A single misstatement, a single um, bad joke, a single uh, poking fun at, and it could be that single little thing erases years of integrity that that person has walked with. Just a single instance, immediately erased for somebody. And it's real dumb. And a lot of times it comes from just petty things. Um, you know, there are people that are just actively, that, that's, that's their full-time job, is scouring through Twitter of anyone who has any kind of popularity whatsoever scouring Twitter and just going back years ago and years ago and oh my god you're not gonna believe what they said in 2009 this is a doozy and we're gonna latch on to it and we're going to run with it or it's people who maybe they just didn't like the the way that you looked at them they didn't like um, the way that you, maybe you made a joke that was, uh, you know, against them in some way. Maybe you just, any of you have this before? Have you had someone, I've had this multiple times. Well, you, you never comment on any of my posts. <laughs> my bad. Or... Um, you're too slow to respond to text messages or you don't ever respond to text messages or the words, oh, I saw those little, I saw those bubbles. I saw you starting to say something. That's the killer. That's the killer. 
you get the bubbles, ding, 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 ding. You're like, oh, here they're, they're going to write, what? Check back, uh, like three minutes, their bubbles are gone. I'm done with you. Here's the thing I want to, um, I guess I want to lead with. If you're a person who's on a continuous search to be offended, you are always going to find what you're looking for. If you are constantly on a search to be offended by something, and I have some of these people in my life, I'm trying to cancel them as quickly as I can. But people who are continually on a search to be offended by something, you are going to always find what you're looking for. Today we're going to jump in to Romans chapter 12. In verse 10, it says, Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Today I want to talk about... uh, one of the most important virtues that I believe, and it's very overlooked in our society right now, one of the most important virtues that, that God would have for us and that it should matter to us a great deal, way more than it does. Um, how do you cancel, cancel culture? I believe part of that answer is with this, honor, with honor. How do you cancel, cancel culture? You do it with honor, with honoring people. Mark chapter 6, for a little bit of context into this story, if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, we're going to be in Mark chapter 6, recently, just shortly before this part of the text, Jesus has just healed a woman who, it says that she was suffering from an illness for 12 years. She was continually bleeding for 12 years. Jesus has just healed her. He bestowed a miracle upon her. Right by that, he raised a girl from the dead. A young girl died. Jesus comes along and he raises her from the dead. And so Jesus is in the the middle of his big deal miracles that are going on. He is full-fledged in it now. Um, He's not hiding that he's the Messiah, that he is the King of Kings, the Son of God, that he is able to do miracles for people. And right after healing a woman who was suffering for 12 years and raising a girl from the dead, he is heading to his hometown, Nazareth. Nazareth is not where Jesus was born, but it's the place that he grew up. And everyone in Nazareth are still in the place of looking for the Messiah. They've been told stories for thousands of years that there's going to be a coming Messiah, the Son of God, that he is going to right the many wrongs that need to be corrected. And they have been on the lookout for him. And Jesus, the Son of God, him shows up to Nazareth, his hometown, and it says this in Mark chapter 6. It says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, 
And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. You know what scoffing is, right? Anybody here scoff recently? Yeah, but... I mean, he's cool, but... Then they scoffed, and they said, He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended, and they refused to believe him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his, in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Mark chapter 6. So they say, man, this is amazing. How do you think he knows? This guy is incredible. He's teaching at the synagogue. This guy is unbelievable. Where do you think he learned all this? And how on earth is he able to perform miracles And before they let themselves get too excited about it? They go, yeah, but th- this is... Like, that's Joe and Mary's kid. That's, we, we, know, we know this kid. We know his family. We know who his brothers are. Have you seen his brothers? Not that special either. And it says that they were offended and refused to believe him. And maybe you've been in this place before where you were offended by someone. You ever go to a class reunion and uh, somebody's just like, they're, they're killing it way better than you are at the class reunion. What are you, what are you up to? Where are you working? You're like, eh. they're just like one-upping every single thing that you have. And what do you want? You want to kill that person, right? Like you want to, you want to knock them down a peg somehow because we don't like other people to be successful. And so we want to be offended by their success in some way and we want to cancel anything good that God is doing in their life or we want to scoff at what it is or we want to say well yeah that's because his dad has money well that's because yeah one of uh, my close friends um, he there's and I have been jealous of him I I try to get myself away from it but it is just like he no matter what happens like he trips and he falls in puddles of money it just always happens like every everything that he does and his his wife is like way out of his league and she's a, a lawyer who um, makes more than I can count and uh, we were around someone once who said, <laughs> I don't really remember how it came up, but they said, well, not all of our wives make 200 grand a year. Uh, yeah, you got me. In Jesus' hometown, he found himself in a place where he was without honor. Without honor. Uh, in scripture, it's a word 
atimos. He found himself atimos, without honor. Uh, it means to be dishonored, to be treated as if you are common or ordinary. To be treated as if you are common or ordinary. Whereas uh, if you were with honor, that's a word that is teme in the original Hebrew. Teme is to be valued or to be respected, to be highly esteemed, to be treated as precious or weighty or valuable or important. What does honor do uh, when it is given to you? What does honor do when it's given to you? It esteems you, it cherishes you, it values who you are, it builds you up, it believes the best about you all the time. Have you ever felt like people were just rooting against you? No matter what, that could you just, could you just give me the benefit of the doubt? Like, could you believe the best about me in this situation? I don't care what you, what you heard or what you read or what you thought you saw. Um, you're jumping to a conclusion where you're obviously not believing the best about me. You're jumping right to the worst. You're believing the worst about me that could be possible. That's not honor. That's, that's dishonor. Dishonor tears people down. Dishonor treats people as if they're common and they're ordinary. It devalues people. It always assumes the worst. If you have a guy who's dating a, a new girl, anybody in if you're if you're like duly dating in here, I'm going to tell you, this is the, the most honoring you'll ever do probably. You are just honoring her. You have a new relationship and all of a sudden, it's just honor. I'm opening the door for her, bringing her gifts. Look at this little koala bear. Complimenting her, building her up, taking her out places, bragging about her. Oh, well, you know, yeah, my girlfriend, she's... Yeah, she's a, a licensed this or that. You know, my girlfriend, she does. Oh, you know, my girlfriend, bragging on her all the time. Posting photos, hashtag true love. <laughs> then what happens if you marry her? Does it always stay the same? What I've seen is that for a lot of people over time, um, you just kind of settle in and you start to take her for granted and you start to treat her as ordinary and not special anymore. And like she's common and regular and you stop bragging about her and you stop taking her as many places and you start asking things like, what's for dinner? Or you come home and you say, what'd you do all day? You know that's never a good question. That's never, a, oh, I was just, yeah, I was figuring you did great stuff and I just really wanted to, to know. What'd you do all day? He shows the dog more affection than her. She's like jealous of the dog. And then she's like, oh, now you want some of this. Hmm. Oh, okay. 
right in this little time frame, close to bedtime, I'm super special. <laughs> I'm not ordinary anymore. If you want a special marriage that's a God-honoring marriage, a marriage that has honor in it, you need to honor the other person above yourself. If you want a common marriage, then treat each other as if you're ordinary. If you just keep treating each other as, as if you're completely, totally common and ordinary, um, what was once special will become common and ordinary and, and boring and what's for dinner. My wife um, recently went, and she's, she's talked about it before, uh, but any time that she goes out with another group of women who are married, uh, she says, well, it just kind of, it turned into the thing that it, that it usually does. It was just a group of wives bad-mouthing their husbands. This, that's what, we just go to different places to talk bad about our husbands. And we've talked about it multiple times where it's a thing that starts to draw you into it. Like, you don't, you don't want to not be a part of it. You're like, my husband sucks too. <laughs> like, or you don't want to feel like the nerd, I guess. And so, no, that's, that's not. And, you know, my wife said she, she has been drawn into it before. She's, she's just went down the, the same road. Of yeah, yeah. So then I was like trying to think of stuff that you're bad at. <laughs> oh, I got something. But just also, I'm. I was just. I was proud of her, and I was honored. Just with one of her stories recently that that she she met with some other wives, and they're all bad mouthing their husbands, and she said. Not my husband. Not my he's he's great at that. He does he does an awesome job at that. And I hope that uh, I hope you can get to where your husband is great in that way. Here's what I guess I'll say. If um if you're, if you're married in here, if you're a lady and your husband is, um, you only, maybe you kind of consider him to be half a man in some way. Um, I'm betting you it's because you've honored him like you would half a man. That you have helped to build him into exactly what he is. One of the biggest mistakes that we make is we say, well, I'll give you honor when you are honorable, right? I'll give you honor when you're honorable. That's not how honor works. Honor is given. Respect is earned. Honor is given. It's always a gift. It's always just given. 
what ends up happening is when you ascribe honor to someone, those people often end up becoming honorable. When you ascribe honor to someone, they become honorable. Honor builds people up. Dishonor tears them down. And so in this story with Jesus, when people from his hometown in Nazareth saw him, they scoffed. And they dishonored him. And they said, he's just a carpenter. He's not anything special. He's ordinary. He's plain. That's, wasn't that that annoying kid that all the teachers loved? He knew all the answers, you know, in, in Hebrew school. Or that was, that was just that. I, that didn't I? The son, you said the son of God. I, that guy built me an end table. And all the people around him just dishonor him. You know, one of the, the, the places I feel uh, most, uh, most unspecial is with my family. Like with, um, you know, if it's, it, strangers are way more impressed with my job. <laughs> my family's like, No alls needed. I can handle them. <laughs> but who, who, are we, who are we called to honor? Because sometimes, um, I know some of you are like, you know, you don't, you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my brother. I, yeah, handing out honor for free is going to be tough. Who, who are you supposed to honor? First and foremost, we're supposed to honor God. We're called to honor God in a bunch of different places. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. We're told to honor the Lord with our bodies, to consider our body as a temple. And even if um, you're like, I ain't got no one to impress. Yeah, you do. You're called to honor the Lord with your body, to offer it as a, a living sacrifice. You're called to honor your parents. Not all of us had good moms and dads, but we're called to honor our parents. You know, one of the things that I've been jealous of at different points in my life is um, one of my good friends, his sons say yes sir to him. They say yes sir. And the scoffer part of me was like, wow, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, he's got these kids brainwashed and but I know the little jealous part that's like, man, how's he get them to do that? But they're like, yes, sir. And they talk to me and they say, yeah, Mr. Detzel, or yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. How the heck did he get those kids to do Here's the thing. Do you think that your kids are ever going to be able to honor a boss that they have someday if they don't honor you? 
Like if they don't have honor for you, that they'll suddenly magically be able to honor a boss or other people in authority that are over them, other leaders in different positions. Who are we supposed to honor? God, our parents. We're called to honor those who are in authority. Whoa, what happened? I didn't drop something, but it sounded like I did. Honor those in authority. Um, I've had many leaders, bosses. Um, I, I've been thrown on the hood of a police car before um, for being a moron. Um, I've, I've had many people in authority over me that... Um, the honor store felt closed that day. <laughs> but I'm called to honor those in authority. Right now, one of the things that's going on with police officers constantly is, well, uh, are you, are you going to try to wait? Are you going to wait for the police to all be honorable before you give honor to them? You're going to get arrested. <laughs> because we're, we're called to give a gift of honor to those in authority over us. Even if we disagree with things, you're able to disagree with people and still honor them. If you, if, if you want to be over anything, you've got to learn to be under like, if you ever desire to be over anything, you better learn to be under first. We're called to honor our pastors and spiritual leaders. Called to honor... Called to honor a lot of, a lot of different people that some of us might have a hard time honoring. Why does honor matter? It's not just the right thing to do for someone. The, the reason I think it matters is because dishonor hurts you. Being a dishonoring person hurts you. It harms you. It makes you less than what you're supposed to be. In Mark chapter 6, the story with Jesus, it goes on. It says, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown among his relatives, and in his home. And then it says this, verse 5, he could not do any miracles except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Now, at the time, that was small potatoes. Jesus was going around doing incredible miracles all over the place, healing people um, of massive diseases. Um, you know, he was raising people from the dead and Jesus says, um, there's such a lack of honor in this place, I can't do any miracles here. Like my, my hands are tied. I can't do anything here because of the scoffers, because of the people who are looking to be offended, because of the, the naysayers. It doesn't say he would not do any miracles. It says he could not, that he couldn't do it. So he heals 
a woman. He raises a dead girl back to life, but he gets home to his hometown. He can't do any miracles there. What has a lack of honor prevented Jesus from doing for you? Um, like I, just, I just wonder, what, what miracles has God wanted to do for you in your life that he was never able to do because there was a complete lack of honor in that place? Just, he, he came home and it was, the atmosphere was all wrong. What blessings has he wanted to give to you that he couldn't give to you because there was no honor? Prayers that God wanted to answer for you, but he didn't because you lacked honor. Romans 12, again it says, honor one another above yourselves. That's in the NIV translation, that's the one we use most of the time. I do find it interesting, the ESV version, uh, the English Standard Version of the Bible, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Have a competition with it. Do you guys ever go out to eat with anyone and you have check battles with them? Like, I, I have certain friends where it's, it's a continual thing. It, it's always trickery. And, hey, I'm going to go use the bathroom real quick. You go find the waitress. You're like, I need that check. You can't get that to the table. He's going to get it, and I need to pay it. And I want him to look, that stupid look on his face, like, what happened? Where's the check? I already paid it. We just have these competitions. Outdo one another in showing honor. You want to have a great marriage? Outdo your spouse with honoring them, giving them esteem, outserving them in different ways. One of the things that my wife and our kids say constantly is, um, my kids will say, I love you. And she says, I love you more. And they're like, no, you don't. I love you more. I love you more. Outdo one another in showing honor. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Giving honor isn't just giving like lip service to other people or to God and saying, oh yeah, God is the greatest. He's, yeah, he's, I love God. He's the best. But are you treating God as it, he's familiar or he's common or he's ordinary? Um, I, I hate the phrase, the big guy in the sky. <laughs> I hate that. I hate Jesus is my homeboy. I hate, um, I hate those things because they're trying to like commonize normalize, regularize. <laughs> That's not a word. Anyways, they're just trying to take away who God actually is. Jesus is the risen and soon returning 
king of kings. He is my Lord of lords. He is the prince of peace in my life. He's the alpha and omega. He's the lion of Judah. He's my king. He's the lamb of God. He's my redeemer. He's my savior. My Lord. So I, I, I try to give him honor. And I try to let him know just how incredibly above normal he is. You can honor God by honoring people as well, people that you disagree with. I know way too many people who are writing off massive groups of other people right now just because they're like, no, don't have time for that. They're different than me. I need them to have that little R next to their their voting card or that little D. I need them to have this. I need them to have this. Those people that are different than you or that you disagree with in some way, the name of Jesus is on those people. His name is on them. And they're not common, they're not ordinary because they bear his name. Okay, we'll close talking about baseball. <laughs> Babe Ruth, the great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat. <laughs> He's known by many as the greatest home run hitter of all time. Over the course of 22 seasons, look at that man, svelte. He hit 714 dingers. And over the course of his career and then after his career, uh, Babe Ruth signed a bajillion baseballs, autographed tons and tons and tons of baseballs. But one of the rarest things in existence uh, in the sports world is there are only seven home run bats that have been signed by Babe Ruth in existence, seven that are known of. Um, and so each one of these seven bats, um, it, their whereabouts are known. Several of them are in museums. Uh, only a couple of private collectors own the others. Uh, but one of these seven baseball bats that was a, a milestone bat, it was from his 500th home run uh, that he signed. One of the seven bats vanished for uh, several decades and it wasn't able to be tracked down anywhere. This bat resurfaced in 2006. Uh, it was uh, a bat that was last used in 1923, and it, it, it's missing forever, and then it shows back up in 2006. Um, it was given away about 50 years before that in a, a home run contest. It was given to one man as a prize. He guessed something correctly. In 1988, this guy ends up sick on his deathbed. The owner of this Babe Ruth signed bat 
He's on his deathbed, and he doesn't have any living relatives. He doesn't have any close friends. And uh, he has no one to give his prized possession, this extremely rare Babe Ruth signed bat to. And so he gives it to uh, his nurse, Marsha, who he says served him and loved him and honored him. That she cared for him more than any person that he'd ever had in his life. And so he gives his prized possession, this baseball bat, to nurse Marsha. For the next 18 years, she has it under her bed to beat any intruder with that would come into her house. She ends up retiring from nursing uh, pretty young. Uh, she had a dream of opening a restaurant her entire life. She decides to go after this dream to open up a restaurant, but she doesn't have enough money. And so she starts selling things in the house. They start holding fundraisers and garage sales and things. And she thinks of the, oh, I got that bat. And she takes the bat to a local memorabilia shop and they fall over dead when they see it. They get it authenticated. And uh, in 2006, that bat sold at auction for $1.3 million. <laughs> and so Marsha uses a small portion of it to start her restaurant business. And then she donates all the rest of it to uh, a foundation set up for kids called Close to Babe's Heart. Uh, a charity set up in the name of Babe Ruth for, for just helping kids. Here's what Marcia said. She said, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable. The only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life. So that's what she did. Here's, um, here's what I feel like. I feel like if you are a Christian, the thing that makes you valuable is the name that is on you. And you have the name of Christ on you. As a believer, the name of Jesus is inscribed on you. And that is the thing that makes you valuable. It makes you honorable. It makes you beautiful and lovely and healed and whole and forgiven transformed and so the only reasonable response is to live in a way that honors the one who made you valuable what's the easiest way to honor the Lord the easiest way that I know of is to honor other people above ourselves We're going to close and pray. Here's what I would like to pray. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be a people who are chasing after honor in our lives, that we declare a spirit of honor over the homes that are represented here, 
that they would be places that are building people up and not tearing them down, that the marriages that are uh, a part of these homes, the children that are a part of these homes, the, the families, we just declare a spirit of honor over them. That we would recognize that it's a gift that is given, that we won't wait for people to earn honor from us. That we would give them honor and just wait and see. Because we believe that it could, it could very likely make them into honorable people. I declare a spirit of honor over everybody sitting here today. That if anybody is in this crowd and they're, maybe they don't even want to admit it, but they're, they're a part of that cancel culture of just waiting for somebody to mess up, of looking to pounce or being a scoffer, just trying to tear people down, trying to take away anyone's um, favor that is on them. And that they would just recognize it and they would repent. We declare a spirit of honor over them. Lord Jesus, we commit to build people up and not tear them down. I pray that we would be the odd man out if a group is together and uh, they're, they're all beginning to make fun of a certain thing or um, talk badly about someone or a group or whatever it is that we would be the ones who say, no, here's what I see in them. Help us to be a voice of encouragement Build up and not tear down. Walk in a spirit of honor. And cancel the cancel culture. Yes, that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If anybody would like prayer for anything at all, we'll have some prayer team people over here near the cross who would love to pray for you. I love you guys. I'll see you soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.